give thanks to God for another beautiful day. We thank God for the new month. Today being the 2nd of July 2023. Wherever you are, I would love you to lift your voice to heaven and let's say thank you to Jesus. Let's give God praise. Let's give God praise. Let's give God praise. The Bible said that he is good and for his mercies endure it forever. For the Lord is good and his mercies endure it forever. For the Lord is good and his mercies endure it forever. Oh, Lakabada shattered the houses.
Lord, you are good. You just don't do good, but good is who you are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, merciful Father. Thank you, merciful Father. We thank you, merciful Father. We give you praise, Lord. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. We're saying that we are grateful for your mercy and your grace. We love you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Everyone say, Father, in the name of Jesus, today, let your mercy speak for me. Say, Father, show me your mercy today. In the name of Jesus, let's go ahead, let's pray that prayer. Lord, your mercy, be merciful to us. Lord, be merciful to our family. Be merciful, Lord, be merciful, Lord. It is of your mercy that we are not consumed. And your compassion faileth not. It is of your mercy that we are not consumed. It is of your mercy that we are not consumed. Mercy, Lord. Mercy, Lord. Mercy, Lord. Show us mercy. Show us mercy. Be merciful unto us. Be merciful unto us, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your mercies. We honor you for your mercies. We love you for your mercies. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Thank you for yet another privilege to be alive. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love and kindness. We give you glory. 
in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. All right, we are welcome to church without wars. And like I will always say to us, the church without war is a hundred percent teaching service. Oh, killer verses. All right, as we know, I declared by the help of God that this month is for us the month of harvest. And um, I would love us to look into the subject of harvest more this this day and this month genesis 8 22 genesis 8 22 if i can get someone to help me with some scriptures while the flow i will be glad Genesis 8 verse 22. Alright. It says, While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. In a summary, I just want to take out some other part and summarize it in my own way, still in the word of the Bible, so that we get it clearly. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest shall not cease. While the earth remaineth, seed time, thank you, Madam Angela, and harvest shall not cease. So, the earth has been created in a system. There is a way the earth has been patterned to run by. Wanting to enjoy a train ride in the air where an aeroplane goes through, there's going to be a crisis. Can everyone hear me clearly? Is my sound okay? Okay. I'm speaking as high as possible. So if it's not loud enough, check your volume on your phone. Okay? Help me check your volume on your phone. Thank you. All right, so try to take um, the train out of its track to fly in the air or move in the ocean is going to create a problem. So this scripture is saying that as long as the earth, the earth, the earth, the earth, the earth, as long as it's in existence, there's something God has made it by that we never cease. You see, one of them is seed time and harvest. Harvest, harvest won't cease. Harvest won't cease, and it's a month of a month of, of harvest. So we are privileged to tap into an ancient economy of heaven 
that runs the earth. We are privileged to tap into an ancient law and an ancient release of God's goodness for mankind. Harvest is a season of reaping. Harvest speaks of a season of gathering. Harvest is God's provision for his children. Harvest is a season of reaping. Harvest is a season of gathering. Harvest is God's provision for his children. The word harvest is as plain as it can be. But just trying to put other words together, that's why I try to bring in those three definitions. But from the scripture we just read, it connotes that there is something that precedes harvest and it's called seed. There is something that precedes harvest and it is called seed. It's a word the edge remained, seed time. If you notice, every other thing, they had no time. Seed time and harvest time, no. Cold time and heat time, no. Seed was the only thing that had time in all of the elements there. So what it is saying is that if you are sensitive to seed time, harvest does not have a time. Harvest only responds to what you do with the time that you should sow. And uh, let's talk about principles of harvest. I tried to run through some while we're praying in the crossover service, but I want us to go deep into details, into these things. Now, permit me now, let me put this clear to us. When we talk about harvest, there is harvest of souls, there is harvest for farm, there is harvest on other things, all right? So we're going to try to take them bit by bit by bit by bit. But let us come through this angle first. And let's see how we can do justice to the rest. Principles of harvest. Number one principle of harvest we are looking at is planting or sowing. What we call planting or sowing. In the farming world, planting will be the common word that will be used. Planting. And... In the Bible, sowing is the one of the common words used. Anytime you talk about harvest, it means there is something you have planted already. Is that true? Talk to me. Whenever harvest is mentioned, it, it connotes that there's been a time. It said seed time. Seed time and harvest. Anytime you hear the word harvest, it means there's been a time that you have planted the seed that you want to harvest. I did a little research and I discovered that the word sowing was used 116 times in the Bible. So that tells us how important it is. In fact, as a matter of fact, Jesus used more about sowing and planting and seed 
in his parables. Most of his parables, he was all about sowing, planting, farming, and money, more than any other thing. Even other things that God communicated from, from Genesis coming down to Revelation, it was one of the most common things. So it means that if we don't understand that principle, there are a lot of the things in the Bible that we will not understand. If you read the parable of the sower in the book of Mark chapter 4, when Jesus was finished speaking about the parable, the disciples came and asked him, what do you mean about this parable you just gave us? We don't get it. And he said to them, if you can't understand what this parable is, then you will never understand any other part of the Bible. Because everything manifests through a seed. You and I, we are talking this morning because of a seed. Somebody, a man, injected a seed into a woman. The woman chose to collect the seed, incubate the seed, and the seed came forth after some months and we began to grow. You are here because you sowed a seed of food, drink, water, into your body that has kept you living to it. You are here this morning because the God sowed a seed of mercy and that has brought us this far. So everything responds to seed. If you don't understand the principle of planting and sowing, you are going to miss out a lot about life, a lot about the kingdom, a lot about the word of God. Everything response to a seed. One of the most important factors of harvest is planting. One of the most important factors of harvest is planting, sowing. There can't be, there can't be, there can't be harvest until the seed goes in. The first thing, when, it, when you talk about seed, all right, any time you talk about seed, the first thing you should consider is what kind of harvest are you expecting? All right? The first thing you ask yourself is what kind of harvest are you expecting? Anything you don't want to harvest, don't plant. Anything you don't want to reap, don't sow. Anything you don't want to harvest, don't plant. Anything you don't want to reap, don't sow it. Because your seed will automatically decide your harvest for you. You don't plant maize and begin to pray for yam to grow. You don't plant yam and begin to pray for cucumber to go. Your seed decides your harvest. So before you begin to think of harvest, number one, you look at, ask yourself, what have I sown that I want to harvest? Number two, you begin to look at, what kind of harvest do I determine tomorrow that I want to sow now? Galatians chapter 6, 7, and 8. Hard this to say. Galatians 6, 
7 and 8. He said, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, shall he also reap. Be not deceived. You can't mock God. Anything a man, anything a man soweth, that is what that man is going to reap. He went further in the a, verse 8 and said, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. So this scripture now is giving us a clear understanding that a seed is what controls a harvest. Your seed controls your harvest. It is not the other way around. What makes a farmer to sit down and begin to pray for a good harvest is because the farmer knows that he has sown a good seed. For a farmer to sit down to begin to pray for a good harvest when he haven't put a good seed in the ground, something is missing out. In this second half of the year, apart from the mercy and the grace of God and change of approach, a lot of people are going to be stranded. Not because of demons, not because of Satan, not because of um, one invisible force or not, but the seed they are supposed to sow, what they are supposed to plant, in the first quarter of the year was not planted. So in the second quarter, there won't be nothing to reap. I want you to keep your heart plain right now. Don't just fix it based on money. Like I said when I began, your harvest should be considered before you begin to plant. Bible said, he that must have friends must show himself friendly. So if the kind of harvest you are desiring is that you want to have friends, you want to have people who are always there for you, it begins with you being there for other people. It begins with you being friendly first. It begins with you being friendly. If the kind of harvest you desire is to get answers to prayer, then you have to sow seed of prayer. It is the seed that precedes the harvest. If you have not sown seeds in prayer, then don't expect harvest. If the harvest you expect is a seed of love, you don't sow hate and expect people to respond with harvest of love towards you. It is a give and take thing, garbage in and garbage out. So he said that you can sow to the flesh. That part is talking about our spiritual life right now. You can sow to the flesh. If you sow to sin, he said what you're going to reap is corruption. If you sow to the flesh. But if you sow to the spirit, you reap life everlasting. So it is still helping to, uh, is he trying to help you decide your choice and your decisions? 
all right i'm giving you look at the options available so check out the outcome then decide the seed you're going to give wisely are you still with me when you wanted to have children those of you that have kids when you wanted kids you didn't go about and start praying you held your wife or your husband you held their hand and you begin to pray and you begin to pray no you didn't you didn't you did what has to be done by nature to be able to create the kind of result that is demanded so you have a role in planting or sowing before thinking of reaping you have a role to play in planting or sowing before you begin to think about reaping so i want you to ask yourself one more time what kind of harvest do you want this month what kind of harvest do you want in this second half of the year? What kind of harvest do you want? So you look at, you also look out and ask yourself, have I sown the seed for the kind of harvest that I desire? Oh, I want to be a lawyer. And you've not sown the seed of going to law school. You might end up being a liar not a lawyer. You have a role in planting the seed. You'd have, Listen, don't get this wrong. Take your heart off. You see, today we'll talk about seed and planting and all we, the only thing we think of is money. But I want your heart to be broad right now. Everything in this world responds to seed. Everything responds to seed. Everything responds to seed everything responds to seed jesus said in luke 6 38 he didn't mention money they were just giving a parable he said give and it shall be given to you good measure pressed down shaking together running over so you often harvest more than what you sow So if your harvest is small, check your seed. If your harvest is small, check your seed. You have a role to play in determining what you reap, in, in sowing to determine what you reap. Now, I want us to get this. Most times, your harvest is also determined by God himself. Alright? In as much as you have what to sow, most times, your harvest is determined by God himself. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 6-7. 1 Corinthians 3, 6-7. I want to try to take this bit, bit so that we get a clear understanding. First Corinthians 3, 6 to 7. So Paul was using an event that was happening around the Corinthian church to be able to um, get something out 
But he had to use planting. He had to use sowing to bring out an explanation. And he said, I have planted. Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. In our subsequent class, we're going to be talking about the principle of watering. So a seed does not just survive because somebody planted. Nobody becomes a doctor by buying form into the medical school. There are other things that will precede you becoming a doctor. You have to buy the form, go to classes, write your exam, get your license, and all of that, and oh, sit for classes for years. So if I plant and I sit down, Paul said it's not enough. There have to be a watering. Oh, there could be somebody listening to me now. I've, I've been sowing. I've been sowing. I don't know what's happening. It's not working. I have a question for you. Have your seed been watered? Paul said, but, but, there's something. There's a clause here. But God gave the increase. So to an extent, I have no control over the harvest. I have no control over the increase. My assignment is to plant my assignment is also to water. I can water or somebody can water for me. But God is the one that determines the increase. Verse 7, it says, So then, neither is he that planted anything, neither is he that watered, but the God that giveth the increase. Now, let me try to get this back home a bit. Sometimes, when we are privileged to support people, we are privileged to support a church project, we begin to act high and mighty. But sometimes we forget what happened in Genesis. Cain and Abel brought a sacrifice to God. God rejected Cain. So the first thing you should be asking yourself before complaining, oh, um, out of my um, 10,000 Ghana cities, out of my $10,000, I just brought my 5,000 to come and give to the poor. I brought my 5,000 to come and support the church of God. Um, this, this. The first thing you should be asking, did God receive it? Don't forget, church can receive and God didn't. Now you are not getting, You are not hearing me now. Church can receive it. In fact, they can finish the project and God didn't receive it. Pastor can receive it and God didn't receive it. Yeah, the poor, the orphanage you gave it to could have received it, but God didn't receive it. So at the end of the day, he that determines the harvest did not receive the seed that you sow, so they won't even. So when we come into the season of harvest, one of, of, of sowing, the first thing we should be considering is to be coming to God with a hard posture of mercy and asking God, Father, are you even receiving what I am sowing? Are you receiving what I'm giving? All right? So let's get that into our hearts before we become proud, before we become full of ourselves. Father, are you, are you even accepting it? Are you even accepting it? One was rejected and one was accepted. All right. Now, before we go dive deep into this, I want us to have this understanding that every time God gives you 
is for two reasons. All right. I've heard people say, um, "Why should I uh, be given? Why should I be given salary? I, I labored, I labored for, I labored for this salary. Why should I be given tight? Why should I be sowing seed? I, I listen. You can choose to keep everything you have, your love. You can choose to keep your care. You can choose to keep your money. You can choose to keep." the air that you you exhale hmm? the carbon dioxide you can choose to keep it but now understand that everything on earth gives now if you choose to keep love you don't want to give love you don't want to show love what will happen to you i want to get feedback if you choose not to give the seed of love tell me what will happen Will something happen? If yes, what? If no, tell me no. You just said, okay, I'm not going to love anybody. I'm not going to smile. I'm not going to try to be happy before anybody. I'm going to put on a straight face. I'm going to just give hate. And anybody that comes my way, I will bash everybody. All right, someone say you won't be loved too. Okay, do I have any other person? You will not get love. You won't be loved. Okay, now, thank you for that. Thank you. No one will love you. Thank you. Now, if you also refuse to give air, you refuse to exhale, you want to just inhale, 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 inhale. Is that possible? What will happen to that person? You don't want to exhale. You just want to inhale. You don't want to breathe out, just breathing, just be taking air, just be taking air. You don't want to give up. What will happen? And so we lift your holy hands. The person will die. Okay. You will explode of air. Awesome. I think I like that description. You will explode of air. Your lungs will collapse. Thank you. So, now, that brings us to a conclusion that everything gives. So, every time you refuse to accept the opportunity to plant, to sow, to give, you are doing one of these to yourself. Okay? Every time you demand, you refuse to give, the, you refuse to accept the opportunity to sow, to give, you are doing this to yourself. It's like somebody who keeps eating, can't go to the loo. You eat and eat and eat, you can't go to the loo. You eat and eat and eat, you can't go to the loo. I'm sure one day you're going to implode. Just one day. It won't be long. One day you will implode. We'll just hear an explosion. Wah! Like a balloon. So, everything gives. Every time God gives to us, 
is for two reasons. Second Corinthians 9, verse 10. We are talking about harvest, the principle of harvest. And I said the, the first principle of harvest is seed. Genesis 8, verse 22 said, As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will not cease. So if we don't deal with seed time, we might end up chasing harvest and not find it, or just beating the thin air. Second Corinthians 9, 10. Thank you, Holy Spirit. All right. So this scripture, Paul began to give us two principles, two reasons why God gives to man. Now look at it. He said, now he ministered seed to the sower, both ministered bread for your food. So two reasons why God allow anything he brings to you is number one, for sowing, number two, for eating. This is why a lot of people, let me say this to, to us, this is why a lot of people come into a season where they crash down financially, career-wise, maritally, and otherwise. So you find two people in a business partnership, two of them made an investment, and one keep, they, they both keep getting um, harvest out of it. One keep investing more back into the business and the other choose to go for vacation and to eat what is coming out. A day is going to come, the other party will say, we are not doing anymore. Or the other party must have bought half of the shares of the company or more than half and the company will be owned by the other party because why? One side is sowing, one side is not sowing. The same thing when it comes to do with marriage, but it has to do with marriage. One person is giving all the emotional support. One person is giving all the moral support. One person is giving all the physical support and everything while the other party sits down and keeps taking and taking and taking and taking. A day is going to come, the other party will get full and that marriage is going to get dissolved. And the other party that is not giving, or sometimes it, there could even be a... a, a, a a wrong motive from the other side, the party that is not giving, if things are not being fixed, there will be a wrong motive. There will be a, a greedy attitude. After taking, 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 now they want to go after taking everything from the other party. The Bible said that whatever a man sow it, he said you're going to reap it. So, Paul is saying, everything God gives to you is for two reasons. One is to sow, one is to eat. I think the air, I think, I think, I, I don't have all the answer to that right now. I think the air that we take in all doesn't go out. Right? Not every air that you breathe in leaves the body. Some have to go into the system to function with the body, have to meet up with some organs and other systems, right? Those who are medical personnel, right? Okay, thank you. I think the water we drink all doesn't leave the body immediately. You just drink it and urinate 
some need to come into the bloodstreams and other organs in your body to help function. I think the food we also eat all does not just go out, it moves in and all of that. All right, so the same thing, anytime God gives you a job, anytime God gives you a blessing, anytime God gives you money, everything God gives to you is not for seed. Everything God gives to you is not for eating. Everything is not for seed. Everything is not for food. He said, now, he ministered seed to the sower, both ministered bread for your food. So now, are you able to recognize your seed and your bread? That is the problem. Are you able to recognize your seed and your bread? The reason why a lot of people take it from me, take it from me. I know a lot of us are at a point where you now hate giving. A lot of you are at a point where you feel giving is fake, giving is false, giving is a scam. Congratulations. I'm happy for you. There's no problem. But everything God brings your way, everything God brings your way, is it that for seed or for food? So if you are not wise enough to be able to recognize your seed and your food and you end up eating your seed, something is going to happen. Now, let's get back to that scripture. Let's get back to that scripture. He said, he went further and said, and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. So he is saying, God does not multiply bread. Somebody's not getting it right now. God does not multiply bread. What he multiplies is seed. God does not multiply bread. What you eat does not multiply. It is what you sow that multiplies. It's our month of harvest. We're talking about harvest. And we're talking, we're looking into the principle of harvest. And I say the first and the main principle of harvest is sowing. You can't talk about harvest without talking about sowing. Alright? And we and this scripture is, is letting us to understand that everything God gives to you, everything is for two reasons: for sowing and for eating. If you are not able to separate what you sow and what you eat, the day you will need another harvest, you will suffer. A lot of people suffering. A lot of people suffering. A lot of people suffering is as a result of what they should have sown that they ate. Get this understanding. Even if you choose to look at this from the angle of money right now, we're not talking 100% about giving out. Alright? Part of your giving is giving out a, 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 your money into savings. My pastor said this to me years ago that I've stuck in my brain like a tattoo on skin. He said, your savings today is your savior tomorrow. Your savings today is your savior tomorrow. So a lot of people are not having a savior today because there was no savings yesterday. So now, listen, Every time you have a need to borrow, every time you have a need to borrow, to get into debt, is as a result 
that you that you lacked savings yesterday. Every time you have the need to get into borrowing, it's a proof that you toyed with your savings yesterday. Do I have a witness here? I know some of the things I'm going to say is going to be a punch to, to us, including myself. So uh, we might go cold. We might not type again and respond. But it's fine. We're going to say the truth anyway. Every time you go into borrowing, it's a proof, it's an indicator that there is something wrong with your savings. That's what it is. Take it or leave it. Oh, it wasn't enough. I had to borrow to add. It's still the same. If the savings was enough, the borrowing wouldn't have been necessary. You see, everyone, let me say this to us. Before you justify yourself, I'm talking to myself, including you. Before you justify yourself, God has given you every chance and opportunity to fix our lives. Me and you. God has given us the chance and the opportunity to fix our life. I'm sure the younger, youngest person on this platform would be 25. I'm sure. Except you have your baby sitting next to you. The youngest person should be 25. And at the age of 25, one way or the other, there's been resources that God has put through your hands. Maybe your parents, maybe you are not working yet. You are in school. Your parents giving you money for upkeep, other money you got from people or something, you, maybe a business you did or you are working, the salary you've been privileged to earn from your job or business and all of that. And you get tempted to get some clothes, get some shoes, get some um, something nice that wasn't even necessary for your tomorrow. But at least it suits you now, make you feel good now, make you feel you are in town, makes you feel acceptable. So at the end of the day, at the end of the day, by the time you would need that thing you are scattering right now, you will discover that you don't have it. God has given every one of us equal time, 24 hours, is a seed. God gives us a seed every day, 24 hours. While we are awake, some people are still sleeping. So they are not even privileged to get this information that we are getting right now. So what do they do? By the time they miss out of such information, they end up sowing the, the wrong seed again, doing the wrong thing. They end up doing the wrong thing again and get the wrong result. So in tomorrow, they come and begin to cry. A lot of things we are praying about, if we sow right. Please, let your mind be plain. Those who are coming late might be out of of getting what I'm saying. I, I began by letting us understand that seed goes beyond money. We're talking about the amount of harvest. Harvest could be you want to harvest love, you want to harvest um, care, you want to harvest um, souls, you want to harvest whatsoever. But it starts all in seed sowing. You can never talk about harvest until you talk about any kind of harvest you want. You can't talk about it until you talk about seed. All right? And if you put down every, take down everybody's heart here and desire, a lot of us want to harvest this that has to do with money or what money can buy. So I try to bring it home to us. Let's be able to put, get ourselves and be able to align. So once you joke with the season, of your seed, the season you are supposed to be reaping and harvesting, you're going to be in pain and in tears 
and asking God why. And hear me. Most times, what principles are supposed to deal with? Prayer doesn't deal with it. That's what believers fail to understand. We want to pray about things that God... Can we get that scripture again? We'll get back to the second Corinthians. Genesis 8 verse 22. Genesis 8 verse 22. After that, get me back to the second Corinthians 9 and 10. I want to try and break down this as much as possible because we're not coming back to planting or seed anymore. Next week or within this week, we're going, going into watering. Because after every seed, the seed has to be watered. There are things that transpire on the earth. Okay, look at this. It said, while the earth remained, seed time and harvest. All right? So seed has a time, but harvest does not have a time. Seed has a time. So there will always be a time that seed will be demanded, but harvest has no time. As long as seed keeps coming, harvest is going to actually come. He said, even cold and heat, these things have been said by God. There's nothing you can do. Cold must come. Heat must come. Summer must come. Winter must come. Day must come. And night must come. He said, this is, they will never cease. I, I wish you are getting the depth of this scripture. It is self-explanatory. They will never cease. What that means is, if you stop one, you will affect the other. Oh, I can't give today. I have things to do. You just stop the harvest tomorrow. It's what it is. I can't give this week. I can't give. I can't pay my tithe this month. Let's talk as Christians now. All right? I can't pay my tithe this month. I have things to do. You just stop the harvest of tomorrow. Oh, I can't love anybody this month. This month I choose to be offended. I choose to be angry. Then you just stop the love for tomorrow. Tomorrow, when you begin to receive the hate back, you will be shocked. So everything responds to seed. Everything responds to seed. Some of you now, maybe you didn't sleep at night. I'm here and I'm feeling a bit dizzy because I was awake most of the night. I didn't give the seed of a good sleep. So now, I'm lacking the harvest of being fully consciously bodily fine or awake, whatever you would call it. I'm lacking the full harvest I, I supposed to get. So persons here gave a very good seed of sleep, slept very well, and now they have the harvest and they are very awake and smart and okay and feeling good, feeling rested. So everything, we just don't want to hear of seed because we talk about it in church, it's money. So we just don't. And even at the end of the day, whether it's money or out of money, it is still a seed. You joke with it, you joke with the harvest. One day, it will come back to bite you. While some of us are already being beaten. Now get my, my scripture in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 10. 2 Corinthians 9, 10. So we don't want to we don't want to hear it. We don't want to take it in that and go. We don't want to understand it. But it is what it is. So now look at it. I said to us, everything God gives to you is for two reasons. Alright? Now he, he ministered seed to the sower, both ministered bread for, for your food. So he said, okay, he has in everything is given to you now. He, he, there's a path for food inside. There's a path for seed. Do, do you recognize it? Now 
The thing he went further to say that he said he will multiply your, your seed soon. So he doesn't multiply bread. So every time you turn your seed to bread, you just kill your future. Now, let me give an example in farming. Every farmer understand, let's say yam, for example, you plant a yam. Inside that yam, there is, um, when the harvest comes, in the harvest of the yam, there is seed. There is a part of the yam called seedling. There is a part that you eat. There's a part you go to the market. To, maybe you, you planted a very large farm, an acre. You can't eat all. Only food will eat all. If you choose to sell all, you should be getting money out of all you sold to buy seedling for the next yam season. But what we do is that when we receive money, when we receive things, we receive care, we receive love. We don't get to see that in that thing we received, there is a seed and there is bread inside. So we tend to turn everything to bread. Somebody just showed you love. That love should be extended. Because the day is going to come, you will need love and no one, you, no one will give it to you. I think I was saying something last Sunday. And some of you might not like it because maybe you are a victim of it. But that's, that's your, own, your own doing. Someone has been calling me a man. Has been calling me. The first, he was, he's a pastor. He's a man of God. Oh, um, he, has a, he wants to start a church. And um, he needs money to pay for a venue and all of that. And, all, and I told him I can't help. Not because I can't help. But I'm going to give you the reason. So he called again. I saw a picture he posted. The wife just gave birth and he was calling. I didn't take his call throughout. I called him back a few days ago because he kept calling, calling to be plain back to him. I can't help you. Not because I don't have what he's looking for. No, I have it. Am I being wicked? No. Am I being devilish? No. Some things you are, you are praying for now. God refused to give it to you for some reasons. It's also part of life. I've known this man for more than five years. And for the five years from the first time we met, he has always been taken. Things we had from the beginning we, be, we met. Oh, he doesn't have this, have that. Can I help him with this? I gave him. Can I help him with that? I gave. He got to a point. He got into some business. It was so good for him. He was prospering. He was doing fine into a soap business. He was importing um, Milo drinks from Nigeria, um, importing the tea, importing milks and all of that, privileges from Nigeria and all of that. I wasn't hungry. Even when I had need, I was, I, I, when I was, when I needed it, I didn't, I, I don't, I'm not a type that come to bed. I, I don't have that, I don't have that, that, that appetite. But somebody who keeps taking, somebody who keeps taking for once, never thought of, okay, this soup I'm getting profit from. Let me give one to my friend, somebody I call friend. This Milo, this, let me give one. Never. All he does is come and show me the latest phone he just bought. All he does is invite me over to the house, how he just bought an air condition, how he just bought a television, how he just rented a bigger space. He will call me to come and pray. I will go. I pray. I do my things normal. I don't have issues. So it has happened over time, over time, over time, over time. Now, when he gets what he wants, he disappears. When things are fine, he disappears. Until things are sore for him, suddenly I get a call out of nowhere. I've even lost his number because we don't talk. 
I get a call. Who is this? Oh, it's me, Pastor this and that and that. Um, um, uh, how are you doing? I said, let me check on you. I said, you didn't come to check on me. What's the problem? No, ah, you mean I can't come to check on you? I said, you see, me, eh? I'm very blunt to the moment you be your some way to me. I don't hide things. I'm very blunt to you. So you can't, you, you don't call to check. What is the problem? Oh, it's not like that. Nah. Uh, you see, uh, my rent is due and all of that. I will still give. Uh, this is that. I, so it, it has come to a point now. For five years, it's not one year, not two years. I'm done playing the fool. A lot of you now, you are in this condition. You are in this position. You've broken relationships. People have invested into you. You never invested back. People have shown you care. You never showed care back. People have given you attention. You never give attention back. Every lady will tell you a guy is trying to make advances at you and you don't like him. One of the easiest things to do is not to give attention back. They will walk away. But even a guy, they will walk away by themselves. So it's give and take. So that is how life works. A lot of us, people have been there for you. People have shown to you. People have cared for you. But you never gave it back. Why some of you, people keep giving you financially, you keep giving them thank you. Um, it's a wrong way. It's a very wrong move. Very wrong. I, I said so. Very wrong move. People keep giving to you financially. At a point, there should be something you bring back on the table. Yeah. There should be something you bring back. My helper, a day will come, your helper will need help. What are you bringing to the table? What are you bringing to the table? So a lot of us have helpers have shut doors against us. Not because we don't have. Most people you are calling for help is not because they don't have what you are asking for. They have it in abundance. But for you, they don't have. What are you bringing to the table? I say to us again and again, you have people who support you financially. You have people who shoulders your burden. In the season where they are celebrating, what do you do for them? You still go there empty hand and eat their, maybe they are doing birthday or what. You still go there empty hand and eat their birthday rice. Collect gifts that they shared for their birthday. You have somebody, it could be your mom, your dad who supports you and you get back. You can't even get a handkerchief at a time. Listen, learn to leave, your, leave yourself in people's hearts. It could be your husband, it could be your wife. Learn to leave yourself in people's hearts. Plant yourself in people's heart like a seed that they can't forget you. So he said that he gives seed to the sower and bread for your food. Most of our financial suffering is tied to this, this principle. This principle. We eat our seed and our bread. It's like a business person who keeps touching the capital because oh, we have problem. There's family problem. We never excel in that business. Oh, let's just touch it. Let's just use it. Let's just touch it. You, that, that person, will that business will automatically die. No prayer will work. No prayer will work. No prayer will work. So you must have the skill to be able to recognize the difference between your seed and your bread. You must, sometimes your bread might be smaller than your seed and you will be tempted to get comfort. All right? Right now, you might be in a, in a level or in a season where your bread is smaller than your seed and you want more. 
You don't want more until you can afford more. You stay in what you can afford. It's like somebody, let me give an example. Somebody who earns 200 cities a month wants to live in a house where the rent is 180 cities. Three things are going to happen. Either the person becomes an umbrella, a harlot, or a ritualist. One of them is going to help sort out that bill. It's as simple as ABC. So you want more, work more, sow more. So every time God gives to us, anything God gives, he gives for two reasons, for bread and for seed. All right? So if you, if you are not able to separate your bread for eating and separate your seed for sowing, you're going to have problem. Now you see that God, was, God didn't have issue if you convert your bread to seed in that scripture. He didn't have issue because he will also multiply it. God never had issue in that scripture if you choose to convert your bread to seed. No, but say the moment you convert your seed to bread, I can't have anything to multiply. Now, let me give one more example. You got a mango seed. You got a mango. You buy, you buy a mango. If everybody in this world choose to eat all the mango and the seed, I'm not sure we would have had mango trees. I'm not sure. So inside the mango seed that you buy, you have a fruit to eat and you have a seed to sow. Inside the mango seed, when it grows, there is a plant. While the plant begins to grow, the leaves that fall down turns to manure to the earth. The tree, the tree that grows becomes a shelter. So look at it now. The seed, the mango seed itself, the mango, both the fruit and all. When you eat it, you only eat it, it gets fermented in your body and whatever nutrient you have, it gives you and it goes out in the toilet and that's it, it's gone. The funny thing about bread is that you will never stop needing bread. That's the funny thing about bread. You will never stop. So if you choose to eat everything now, remember, 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 you will get hungry again tomorrow. So if you don't prepare what will bring another bread, you're going to have problem. So inside that mango you are holding, there is fruit and there is seed. And the benefit of the seed is more than the bread. It's more than the bread in that mango. So you eat the mango and that's it, it's gone. But in the, in the seed, you put it in the ground and you allow it to grow. It becomes a plant, start becoming a manure to the earth. It becomes food for incense. Starting to grow, it grows, the, the, the tree grows, becomes a shade. While it becomes a shade, suddenly it begins to grow, brings other mango fruit. And the funny thing about seed, it doesn't bring what it goes. He said, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. It doesn't bring what it leaves, no. Mango you plant does not bring back one mango seed. It brings out a lot for several seasons. It doesn't stop. That's how powerful seed is. The tree can be used as wood for cooking. The tree can be used as wood for making furniture. It can become a shelter. People can stay under. Birds can stay on, on it. So you see that there is more impact in a seed than a bread. So the seed will start giving you bread for years to come, 
but the bread will just be bread and that will be the end of it. We keep fighting this principle. It is part of our suffering. There is something very spiritual about seed. There is something very spiritual about seed. Very spiritual. That somebody can have an exam and the person has no hope of passing. The person has been writing for years and just sows a seed, go back to the same exam and pass. That somebody can be looking for a baby. They've had intercourse back to back and everything is not working and sows a seed and boom, gets pregnant. Somebody can be looking for a job and have applied hell and earth and everything is not working and they see there is something very spiritual about seed. There's something spiritual about planting. We need to study it to be able to fix our life. So you could see that God did, didn't give much attention or interest to the bread as much as he gave to the seed. Because the seed have a lot of benefits. The seed speaks of the future. The seed will benefit more people than bread. Bread is greedy. Bread is only for, for the now. It's only for the person that have it. But the seed is going to do more good. Alright? I've heard people, some of you might be here, who say to yourself, I've been giving, I've given. I've sown. I keep loving people. I don't know what is happening. They don't love me back. Or I'm not getting the same amount of love I need. I keep showing respect. I'm not getting the equal respect I deserve. Now let me give you a scripture that's going to help you. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, 1, 2, 6. Get me the KJV. I would love to have NLT or TPT after the KJV. Just give them to me one, one after the other. Let me get KJV first, please. Then get me NLT or, or message. Exodus chapter 11, 1, 2, and 6. To make it sure, we could have read 1 to 6. If you are writing, you can write 1 to 6 and read it through. But just get me 1, 2, and 6. It's going to give a better light to what I'm looking for. Please get me other versions ready. Let's run through this quickly. Alright, look at this. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven. Look at this now. So if you are the part of the person who said, I keep loving people and it's not coming back. I keep giving. I'm not getting reward. This is the answer. He said, give a portion to seven. The first one is saying, give. Alright? You will get it back. He said, okay, but that's not enough. Why do you give? Get this principle into your head. Give a portion to seven and also give to eight. Don't rest because you over, you've already given. Give a portion to seven and also give to eight. For thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. Oh, okay, let's read the season. Let me, let me summarize it. It said, in the morning, sow thy seed. And in the evening, withhold not thy hands, for thou knowest not whether shall prosper, either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike. So, let me say this before you post the, the next scripture. Every seed is not guaranteed to bring harvest. If you have ever farmed, if you have ever farmed, if you have ever farmed, you will agree with me, it's not everything you plant that grow. But we don't want to accept this. Every seed. So to be on the safer side, 
give again and give again. It's not everything. I found the little. Not every yam you plant that grows. Not every maize you plant that grows. Not every cassava you plant that grows. So the moment you put one and said, I'm done. Let me eat the rest. Let me keep the rest. So the time harvest comes, that one fails. So what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Help me with another version. So to be on the safer side, plant multiple seeds because sometimes all doesn't produce. Now look at this. It says send your grains across the seas and in time, and in time, profit will flow back. Let me finish with the first one. Send your grains across the seas and in time, profit will flow back to you. Verse 2 said, but divide your investment. Those who are into investment call it investment portfolios. Divide your investment. Like somebody who buys stocks or shares, he used to buy stock from Apple. Um, instead of putting all your money in Apple, not knowing what to become the future of Apple, you choose to put, okay, let me put 40% on Apple. Let me put 30% on Netflix. Let me put um, um, the other percent on other. He said, divide your investment among many places for you do not know what risk might lie ahead. If that one company crash, you are gone. Plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon for you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another or maybe both. So this is also, also talking about diversifying. You will be in diverse, diversified in what you do. Okay, you can do this job. There's nothing also wrong in having a side business or whatever you would call it. So the Bible have all the wisdom that we need. If only we would choose to be wise enough to make our life to work. But no, we keep fighting these things because of our greed. So when is the time to sow? We feel we are helping somebody. When it's time to invest, we feel we are helping somebody. Let me say this to us. Everyone here listening to me who is about the age of 40, everyone about the age of 40, even lesser. But I'm trying to just stretch it. Some of you even at 30 or even lesser have had what to invest. All right? Buying the land, buying shares, buying stock, but you never did. You never did. So now you went through. Listen, listen, let me say this to you. I like to be read to myself. Crisis must come. I don't care to know who you are. I don't care to know where you are. Crisis must come. You will go through problem. The enemies will come. Life will come to shake you. When life comes to shake you, what do you have to fall back on? What is your leg rooted on? What is your leg planted on? This is not spiritual now. This is not spiritual. Natural event will come to shake you. COVID came and shook a lot of people. Some are out of business. Other events have come before COVID. Right now, there is a recession everywhere. People are falling out of business. God will always present opportunity for our lifting. I think I, I posted a story some time ago of a man who used 10 Bitcoin, 10 BTC to buy pizza. Yes, 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 back about 20 years ago now or so. He used 10 BTC to buy pizza. 
he did a job, so he paid him with BTC, he bought pizza. Right now, one Bitcoin as of yesterday is about $37,000 for one Bitcoin. So that man used $370,000 to eat pizza. Are you eating pizza for eternity? What kind of pizza is it? Internal pizza. But listen, it is not the man's fault. The problem is short-sightedness. He didn't see ahead. He thought everything was bread, not knowing some things are to be seed. So everyone has had an opportunity to buy a plot of land for investment, to buy stock, to buy shares, to invest in businesses and all of that. So either we didn't do it or we did it emotionally or we did it wrongly. So now you are suffering because of the opportunity you missed out or the opportunity you used wrongly. So we now come and pray, 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 pray. Oh God, where are you? It's not working. No, the problem is that you have been greedy to yourself and with yourself. So by the time we begin to cry and pray, we feel like God is delaying. God knows he's not delaying. He has fixed you, but you refuse to allow yourself to get fixed. And another opportunity is going to present itself. But sometimes when you eat certain bread, before the next bread comes, the harvest must be long. The harvest might be long. So you will end up suffering for a very long time before another opportunity presents itself again. Let me read the message. Let's get away with this. It said, be generous. Invest in acts of charity. Charity yields high returns. Don't hoard your goods. Spread them around. Be a blessing to others. This could be your last night. Go to work in the morning and stick to it until evening without watching the clock. You never know from moment to moment how your hard work will turn out in the end. Life is simple. We are the one that is just hard. We are the one that is just hard. While I was preparing this message last night, it was hitting hard on me. It was hitting hard on me. It dawned on me that there are even things I have trivialized when it comes to planting and sowing. I have trivialized myself that might bite back on me tomorrow if I don't take advantage of it. So a lot of pastors are going to tell you about sowing seed in church, but they won't tell you about sowing seed into your own life by making investment. I try to bring it to the balance so that tomorrow you will not say to me, oh, I've been around you for these years and nothing has changed. It's not me. It's you that there's something wrong with. I, I give you everything. What you do with it is up to you. Check around. There's nowhere you will find the teaching I did about three kinds of titan. You won't find it. You won't check around. Check anywhere. Listen to teaching. You won't find the three kinds of titan I taught. Go check it. You won't find it. Everybody tells you about the 10%, the 10%, the 10%. Go beyond the 10. Go beyond the 10. Nobody tells you that there's a part of tithe for you. There's a part of tithe for God. There's a part of tithe for the poor. Nobody tells you. But I want you to be on the safe side because a lot of believers keep giving, they keep giving, but they don't save. A lot keep saving, but they don't give. So a day will come, their savings will not be able to save them. They needed a spiritual part that they would have given to add to the savings to be able to save them. But now, all they have done is to save, but they haven't sold anything. As we're talking now, some believers are not praying now. They will need that prayer in their prayer bank tomorrow to be withdrawn. 
Some just tithe. They believe there's no need to give again. Some just give. They believe there's no need to tithe. Ah, out of my salary of 1,000 Ghana cities, I've given tithe of 100 Ghana. I should come and say, ah, what is it? God forbid do. Ah, how will I survive? How will I? That will, that will bring us to the next scripture. The next thing is that I just said that plant multiple seed because sometimes all does not produce your desired harvest. The next thing is that stop looking at circumstances to sow. Ecclesiastes 6, 11, verse 4. I would love to get in two, three different versions also. Stop looking at situations to sow. Oh, look at the economy. If you read your Bible, we shouldn't be going about this teaching again. If actually you read your Bible, we shouldn't be talking about this again and again. Help me with that scripture. Ecclesiastes 6, 11 and verse 4. Verse 4, verse 4, not 1 to 4. All right. It said, He that observed the wind shall not sow, and he that regarded the cloud shall not reap. So, he said, okay, there's something that can happen to those who don't sow. There's something they are looking at. Observe the wind. There are some who don't sow reap. They are looking at the cloud. Ah, it might rain today. Let me... Now, let's get other version to make this clear. Get me NLT, NIV, message, TPT. All right. Look at this. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. Okay. So, a lot of us are waiting for perfect season to give. Oh, I can't give now. My salary is not big yet. I can't give now. I have things to do. I have to, I have to transport. I have to buy food in the car. He said, if you are looking for the perfect season, you will never sow. You will never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. Oh, I want to go and harvest, but there's rain. There's rain. I can't look. I can't go. So the, what's the problem with these two people? It's a procrastination. Oh, I have things to do. If I give this seed now, dear. Um, what you fail to understand is that this thing is spiritual and it can care for what you are worrying about. Am I saying don't plan your life? Don't forget what I just said earlier. We just read about the path of investment. We just there is a there is a bread and there is a seed. Know your bread and know your seed. I learned a principle years ago: don't give everything, don't save everything, don't eat everything, don't give everything, don't sow everything, don't eat everything, don't give everything, don't save everything, don't eat everything. If you miss one, you're going to suffer. All right? If you give everything, you will suffer. Except by divine means. God told you, do this. Or first fruit is already a laid down principle that your first income, 100% belongs to God. Don't give everything. Don't save everything. Don't eat everything. If you save everything, you're going to be in problem. Now, I grew up learning that it is your saving that saves you tomorrow. All right? What you save is what keeps you safe. But I got matured learning better that your savings is not enough to save you, but it's your investment that saves you. Because savings does not multiply. It's investment that accrue interest. So the average believer saved does not invest. 
somebody carry money, put in bank account. That money doesn't multiply, except it's put in an investment account. But somebody who buys a land is multiplying. Somebody who put it into a business is multiplying. So a lot of believers carry money, put it, it's there for 10 years. The money keeps losing value. So by the time, oh, I don't know what's happening. I've been laboring. I've been working hard. For the past 10 years, I've been working hard. For the past 40 years, no, you have been working hardly, foolishly. That English is not even correct, but that's the only thing I can explain. You have been working hardly on wise. Don't save everything. Don't eat everything. Don't listen. What I'm talking about now, prophecy will not do it for you. It's a wisdom you have to take to the bank, and tomorrow you will be glad you did. Your service doesn't multiply, it's investment that multiplies, and your bank will not always tell you about the investment account that they have until you go to ask. Go to the whatever country you're in, go to your bank, ask them what account do you have for investment. And at the end, the bank benefits more, but there's something better than keeping your money there for savings. I remember I was to get some plot of land earlier this year, late last year, and I went to check the land. They said 25,000. I was being, I was procrastinating because the location looked like it wasn't so much strategic for me. I was trying to make them carry it down to 20,000, carry it down to something and all of that. And I said, okay, I used the money for something else. And I said, all right, I'm going to see what I can do. Maybe it will get down. I forgot that land does not go down. And when land wants to go up, it doesn't add by hundreds. It adds by thousands. When I got back six months later, six barely six months it was already thirty-five thousand. so in six months i would have made ten thousand ghana cities profit no bank will give it to me the reason why they don't tell you is that most of them in have investment in that investment account they invest in it some use their family name to invest in it so they are the one taking the benefit most of the managers and the rest of them who knows about it they invest in it and they are taking the if you don't ask they won't tell you so it's not like it's just lying dormant there now sometimes you see companies like MTN and all of that shares are being sold but they don't tell you the shares are being sold to those they know to their families to those who are close they know this company is going to do well they go behind buy their shares and they are taking the dividends before you see them bring it out they bring out any ip or share or stock out there it means that government is on them they have to do this one publicly else they buy it behind and they enjoy the dividend and you are there keeping and it's the money you put in your bank to save is what they use to give loan to people and get profit and do other kind of things. And while you are there asking God, Father, Father, if you don't understand the system of this world and the principle that govern this world, you're going to try to use only heaven's principle, forgetting you are not in heaven. So you'll be enjoying heaven in the spirit and you'll be suffering on earth. Oh, I just enjoyed fellowship today. I saw Angel Gabriel. I saw Apostle Paul. Okay, have you paid your rent? No. All right, get back to reality. Oh, I just saw the sweet of heaven. It's good. That good, you won't bring it here. It won't come. You can't bring it down. I'm not saying fellowship is not important, but I'm trying to say you've you got to strike the balance. Don't be too heavenly conscious and become earthly useless. So, the cure 
The cure is to diversify your seed. And the scripture we just read, it said, He that observed the wind will not so Stop waiting for perfect season to plant. There is no perfect season. Oh, let me wait when things are fine first. Let me wait. You've been waiting. It's been years. It's been years. It's been, and certain things are keep repeating itself in your life. Oh, I can't save now. I'm having debt. You are in debt. If you don't sit down to go to your company you are owing or whatsoever, whoever you are owing, let's sit down. Can we restructure the payment plan? Can we, I can't pay this now. Can we restructure? I would see, even in debt, you can save, except you are the one that killed yourself by yourself. Okay, I'll be giving um, 20% out of it. I want to, I'll be saving this. I'll be doing this. But no, we just, we are too parallel. Once we get one information, we follow it as if there's no alternative. Once we get one direction, we follow it. We don't turn left. We don't turn right. When there's need to reset, we don't, we don't. So by the time we keep going through crisis, we now run to church for prayer, declare fasting. After the fasting, it didn't work. It didn't work. Where is the God of Elijah? God of Elijah is still where he is. Our sense is just there's a short circuit in our brain the thing is cutting off and we the funny thing is we do the same thing again we do it again we do it again we rinse and do it again we do it again we keep repeating again and again and you see life works in time and seasons if Joseph was not there to interpret Pharaoh's dream the whole world would have been hungry it was one man's interpretation his brain that saved the whole world. It wasn't prayer. It has not changed. It has not changed. It hasn't changed. There's economic crisis all over the world. Some people are now, they are not crying. They are not worried. In as much as they are not getting much income or profit as they supposed to. They are not worried. Because why? Yesterday is speaking for their today. May God baptize us with wisdom. May God baptize us with wisdom. In the name of Jesus. So, you must stop looking at your circumstances to sow. He said, he that observed the wind shall not sow. All right? The problem, what helps you keep your eyes on, what helps you, all right, to look beyond circumstance and sow is to look at your harvest. What helps you look beyond circumstance and to sow is to look at the harvest. To look at the harvest. If a woman that is looking for child, you don't tell her that she's tired. What she's looking at is, I want a baby. She's back from work, she's tired. The husband said, Oh, yeah, let's meet. She doesn't say, I'm tired. Okay, which I want is this might be the one that will that will give us the baby. It might be this that will work. Maybe she had some medication that was prescribed. Okay, let's try it. Or maybe um, she just prayed. Okay, maybe it is now that God will answer. She don't, you don't tired. Oh, you are tired from work. Rest. We tell you I'm not tired. Though. There's something. The harvest is the goal. I don't care the pain I'm going through now. The harvest is the goal. You see, the problem, the actual problem, why we don't, we look at whether to give or to sow or to plant whatever is not the issue that we are claiming to be. The problem is our faith. All right? The problem is not what you don't have. 
or the things i have a lot of things to do i have to buy this pay this the problem is your faith you don't trust god enough that's the real problem not the bill or the responsibilities you have you don't trust god enough oh i have to pay children's school fees i have to pay this listen let me say this again in everything god is going to give you a seed and a bread as simple as ABC. But the problem sometimes, our pride and our arrogance, our our lack of understanding can make us... So, let's give an example. Somebody who God puts in a, in a job of, let's say, 2,000, 3,000 Ghana cities. You carry all your children, put in a school that is very expensive, and you rented an expensive house. In that 2,000, God puts your bread and your seed in that 2,000 or 3,000, whatever you are earning. The problem is that you want to carry what is bigger than you. And that thing is affecting your bread and affecting your seed. And you are using it to affect your future. Alright? You are now using it to affect your future. So, you can't give. You can't tithe. Oh, I have a lot of things to do. I have this. No, there's nobody to blame. There's nobody. There's nobody. It is your lack of planning your lack of wisdom is what is bringing the condition i tell people most time don't be ashamed to downsize you are living in a five bedroom and you realize you don't deserve it break it down you put your child in a school where you are struggling to pray carry the child to government school you won't die the child will not die there are people who went to government school who have become president who have become ceos If you read 1 Kings 17, we won't go through because my time is already out. 1 Kings 17, 9 to 16, it was talking about Elijah and the widow. It began from verse 9 saying that God said to Elijah, there's a widow I have said to help you. Now, now, Elijah had what God said, a widow. Like I said, if it was me, I wouldn't go. Particularly in the generation we are in now. I wouldn't go because if I there's somebody here that's going to post me on social media, on this platform, on this platform, I've even asked people to give seed who are not even widows and they have, they have crucified me. They are not widows. Who, they are not widows. Give a seed on this or give a seed on this amount. Ah, that pastor, don't mind him. He want to destroy my life. He want to do this. He want to take all I have and I let them be. I let them be. I let them be. One did, 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 and came back to me months later, and this and that. I said, that thing that I told you to do is what I see here that you should do. And I said, the problem is that you are adding fasting to it. And she went ahead, did it, and it opened. And another set of people are the ones that give, and they disappear. Not knowing that the seed have to be watered. They give, they disappear. Sometimes that seed might have to be backed up by prophecy. Sometimes that seed have to be backed up by prayer. So that, that, that seed have to be backed up by fasting, by directions, by hearing the word of God. Don't forget what we said earlier. Give to seven, give to eight. Sometimes that seed have to be backed up by another seed. This is the principle I understand that I don't get tired in giving. Not because I don't have things to do with money. I'm telling you, not because I don't have what to do. With, I have. I have. But understanding that if I don't give to seven and give to eight, seven might not work. It might be eight that work. Is it a girl's thing? No. 
It's not a guess. But we don't have a total control of the harvest, but we can control the seed. So the problem is our faith in God. We don't actually trust God enough. All right? So the woman, Elijah went to the widow and said to her, all right, get me food. Get me water. She was going. I told her she didn't complain about water because water was in abundance. And God does not ask you always for what is in abundance. I'm not saying God doesn't ask at all. He doesn't always ask you for what is in abundance because if you already have it in abundance, then you don't need his help. But that area where you have problem, that area where things are hard for you, is the area God will come to demand from you. Abraham had issue with childbirth for years. And God came. He didn't say, give me cattle. Abraham had too many cattle. He didn't say, give me land. Abraham had too much land. He said, give me a son. God knew that was the area of his deficiency. So if God began to begin to demand your time, there's something God is up to. There's something he has seen. If God begins to demand your relationship, there's something God has seen. If God begins to demand your sleep, oh, I can't even sleep. Ah, what is it? Some of you that the insomnia you are having, there's no demonic attack. There's no health crisis. God is the one behind it. God is seeing that if you don't wake up to do vigil now, in the coming years, in the coming months, an attack is coming in the night that the only thing that can save you is your midnight prayer. And about no, 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 you are the one, you are the workaholist. That if you don't sleep now, you will die. If you don't sleep now, you are, your future will be ruined. So you must sleep at the end when the real problem will come. We always like praying in an emergency. And prayer is not an emergency pee to swallow. Prayer is a seed you sow and it grows. Let me shock you. Most of the results you are seeing now is the prayers of yesterday. Some prayer you are praying is only helping to pad it and get results. The prayers you are praying now is for your tomorrow. So this is why it looks like, I'm praying, I'm praying. Answers are not coming. Your yesterday, you didn't pray the prayer you would have prayed for today. You didn't pray yesterday. So the answer you are lacking now is as a result of the prayer you did not make 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 8 years ago, 5 years ago. So if in, the, in your next 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 years, if you don't pray now, there will be nothing for you to harvest. So if you understand the principle of seed, planting, you will understand everything, both prayer, relationship, career, everything you want. You understand it. But once we talk about seed, you don't look beyond money. You tie your heart and your head around money and you shut your heart from receiving what you should receive. So Elijah went to the woman, said, give me water. The woman ran quickly. Oh, I have water enough. Say, come back. Get me a kid. Say, man of God, I can't give you. I'm sorry. I don't have. I don't have. Me and my son want to eat the small we have and die. He said, okay, go and get the small you want to eat and die. I want it. I want it. God said, if you give me, you will not lack. How do you, how do you tell a widow that? That looks unjust. That looks unjust. And the woman struggled, struggled, struggled. Only God knew what was going through her heart when she was doing that. Only God knows what was running through her heart. She came, gave it to Elijah, and to the glory of God, God's word was confirmed. It never ran dry. Listen, if God cared more about situation, God wouldn't have sent Elijah there. All right? For those of us that want to observe the wind to sow, if God cared about the widow situation, oh, she's not having, she doesn't have, 
If God cared about the woman's situation, God wouldn't have sent a light at death. Are you telling me God is not aware that the woman had only little food for she and her son? God was aware. Are you telling me God wasn't aware the woman was a widow? God was aware. Are you telling me God wasn't aware that it was a season of famine and there was no rain? God was aware. But he still sent the woman there. So if you are privileged to be in an environment where there is need for something, that means God wants you to be a partaker of it. That is why God is aware. Oh, things are hard. God is aware. I don't have so much of this. God knows. But there is something he wants to change for you. That is the reason why he put you in that environment. If you read Matthew 12, Matthew 12, 41 to 48, Bible began to, uh, 44, 41 to 44, Bible began to talk about the widow's might. Alright? You see, most times God kept using people who are not qualified to give, to give all the principles of giving and sowing in the Bible, so that we too will not have excuse. This is a widow again. Bible said the rich man came, came and kept giving all they could give and all of that and a woman came and gave the little she had. And Jesus, when they finished, said, come, everybody. This woman gave the highest. The millionaires in the church were shocked. I just gave a million dollars. The other one said, I just gave one billion Ghana. The other one said, I just gave 500 million naira. The other one said, I just gave 300,000 pounds. What is this man saying? This woman we saw, what she brought cry was Joseph. He said, yes. He said, the reason why I said she gave the highest is that she gave all that she had. And that was the last but all of you, can I get that scripture so I won't look like I'm giving something out of my head? Can I get that scripture? Matthew 12, give me 41 to 44. Because most of you don't read. So this is why you follow God the way you follow God. You don't know. My time is already out. I'm not sure I can be done with this. I'm not sure I can be done with this. I wanted to finish this part tomorrow, next week or within the week, going to another part. I want this month to be able to, let's get a maximum harvest. That's what I want us, I want us to experience. Maximum harvest. Get me that scripture if you can. Matthew 12, 41 to 44. Please, my time is already out. So they gave out of the abundance, and this woman gave out of her all. But by the time that scripture ended, I didn't see Jesus said to the woman, take your money back and go home. Oh, yes. I didn't see Jesus said, okay, madam, what will you eat when you go home? Sorry, Mark, Mark, sorry. Mark 12, 41 to 44. Please get me Mark. Sorry, not Matthew. Mark 12, 41 to 44. She said the woman, okay, madam, take your money back. Oh, you are a widow. No, take it back. Oh, everybody, all right, the offering for today, let's give it back to her. She's poor. You see people today. Say, why don't they give it to the poor? You don't know Bible. Look at this. And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. So you see, all right? So sometimes the giving is not even in the much. Hmm? They cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow. Look at this now. Look at her description. She was poor and she's a widow. Like I said, God used the least people who are not supposed to give to use to teach us about sacrifice. A poor widow and she threw in two mites, which makes a farthing. And she called unto his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow has cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. All right, let's get 44, the last. 
Look at it. The reason why is that for all they did cast in of their abundance, which means they still have something left at home. But she, of war of her want, did she cast in all that she had, even all her living. All right. So what Jesus is teaching us two things from this scripture. There are a lot of stories there, but two major things. Number one is that sowing reveals the intention of your heart. All right? Your giving reveals the kind of heart that you have. All right? Giving reveals our intent, our heart. Number two is that Jesus focused more on what is left after giving. There is giving and there is sacrifice. Anytime the Bible talks about giving, offering, offering is willful, whatever you like. Anytime the Bible talks about sacrifice, you hear the word sacrifice. What God check and sacrifice, what is left after you give. Alright? When they say, okay, it's time for offering, you give whatever you feel like. When they say it's sacrifice, God check what is left after you give. Alright? So she got out of the little and the last but somebody is getting out of abundance and they are giving thousands when they know that it should have been more than that and somebody is bringing hundred. So now it is not about volume, it's about, about the heart. About the heart. About the heart. So this is what happens to us sometimes. We give and it looks like we don't get the result we are supposed to get. Do you know why? The reason is because we don't give in our level. We don't give in our level. We give in other people's level. You know God has blessed you beyond this. You know God has blessed you beyond her. The church needs money to do roofing. You know they said, okay, they want to give. They want somebody that can give 200, 500 cities. You know you can pay for all. But no, you still want to join others to share the payment. It's bad. No, I'm telling you the truth. I'm, t- I'm telling you the gospel truth. I'm not talking. I'm not asking for seed. I'm not talking. Asking anybody to give. But I'm teaching you what will help your life. The church want to put door. Oh, we need a thousand thousand seed from three people. We need a door of three thousand or five hundred from six people to buy it. And you know, you alone can afford it without breaking your head. You can afford it without sweating your ass out. And the next thing, you join everybody for the for 500. In fact, you wait for the list. You don't wait for, you don't even go for the, you wait for the list. Oh, uh, if we are, like, no, that's not how it works. Give in your level. As God grow, he blesses you, give. As God, most of all, I see believers grow. Some grow in, some don't, some are not growing. Some grow in all that, but they don't grow in giving. You see an average believer. I was, I was somewhere to preach recently. I saw the pastor of the church Offering time, lifted offering of 10 Ghana CD. I was shocked. I was shocked. A pastor offering 10 CDs. Why? And you preach giving. What kind of greed and stinginess? Are you? What is that? And do you know what such pastors would do? What they do when their heart condition is that such pastors, they have a good system. They have separated themselves from the church. All right? The church. Maybe the church pays them salary. So they feel and they assume the money is not coming to my pocket. It's going to church. If I give up. And they, they expect members to give much. And they don't want to give more. And such pastors are usually poor. I'm telling you the truth. Such pastors, there are level of anointing they don't enjoy. They don't. They can't enjoy it. 
I started giving offering from the little I could, one CD, five CD. From there, I made a covenant of 10 CDs. From there, I told God, if you increase me, covenant, from me, I was not even a pastor then, just a normal Christian. At that point, five CDs was a big deal. Father, we never give less than five CDs. But you see people who God have given a job, who they earn up to 3,000, 4,000, they give five CDs as offering. Hey, Pastor, if I give five CDs every Sunday, out of four Sunday every month, and we have weekly activity, so in one month, I've given 200 Ghana. You see your brain now. Your problem now is that you are not born again. That's the problem now. It's not a giving. You are not born again. You are being kinder. In the issue of spirituality, you are being carnal. You are being carnal in a spiritual issue. Who told you that God will only sustain you by your salary? Who told you God can't bring a contract? Who told you God can't bring promotion? Who told you God can't give you a better job? Who told you God can't send you helpers? Who told you God can't send somebody somewhere to give to you? Who told you God can't give your husband a contract? Who told you God can't touch your husband's heart to multiply the money he's giving to you monthly so that you'll be able to cover up? But no, you are thinking in your local mathematics. So you see such person giving an offering of five CD. And at the end, you wonder what is going on. I've been giving. I don't know what is wrong. I've been giving. I don't know. Most of you give only when there is a prophetic direction. You don't wake up and ask yourself, what is the highest seed I've ever given? This is the life I live. What is the highest seed I've given this month? What is the highest seed I've given in my life? Okay, in the next two years, I want to break it. I sat down two years ago. I said to myself, ah, well, well, what's the highest I've ever given? I checked it. It was not up to a million naira. A million naira is approximately right now 12,000. I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And I did it that year. Uh, the next year I said, okay, what's the highest I've ever given? Okay, one million naira. All right. The next year I give my car. I'm, I'm looking at now. What I'm looking up to give to God now is a plot of land. The next thing is a house. And from there, one day I'm going to give God a plane. I'm, I'm, it's not for anybody, it's, it's for me, for my future, for my family. But we don't grow, we don't grow, we don't grow, we don't grow. There is a season of re-sacrifice. Let me get this last scripture, my time is already out. I was supposed to get into how to get your seed to be potent. Get me some 1, 2, 6, 5, and 6. There's a season of re-sacrifice, grow. Grow in prayer, grow in your study, grow, in, grow, grow. Right now, I have a covenant. I don't give an offering less than 50 Ghana cities anywhere. I don't, I don't. Not because I don't have things to do with money. Not because I don't have things. No, I don't give an offering less than 50 Ghana cities. I don't. It's a law. It's a covenant I have with God. The mistake you make is that you think when you are giving, you are losing. That's why you are behaving the way you are behaving. You are giving, you are becoming poor. It's why you are doing what you are doing. Look at this. They that sow in tears shall what? Reap in joy. So there is a time when it comes to sacrifice, tears will be involved. He that goeth forth and weepeth. This person now will not be happy in this thing. Bearing precious seed. Look at what he said. Shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. Bring in his sheaves. So this person is going to bring again. Because why? The pain the person went through has brought a, a result. But what do we do? We always, we don't like that sowing in tears. No, we don't like that part. Some of us have never gotten there before in our life. We give out of our comfort. We give offering. Not We don't do sacrifice. We do offerings. 
We don't do sacrifice. We do offerings. We've never sacrificed. If you've never given a seed that made you restless, if you've never given a seed that you felt like calling the man of God to say, please, can I collect the money back? Can they send me the money back? Then you've never done sacrifice in your life before. If you've never given a seed, I've been there. In fact, maybe you even called. I've called once, so I want the money back. At the point, I said, I'm sorry, forget it. My heart. I, I, I now knew what happened to me that day. I now knew that I loved money more than... I'm telling you, I, I'm being plain to you. If you've not been there, then you are not growing. The moment I did that, my heart lost value for money. What that in taught me was that I love money more than I loved God. That was what that in taught me. And be careful of anybody who loves money beyond anything. Anybody who their value, the highest thing they value is money. Fear them. They can sell you. They can kill you. They can do anything. They can deny you. They can betray you. If you have never, you have never given in pain, you've never sacrificed before. Okay, you see what Jesus, Jesus said in that scripture we read? Others gave and they have something in the house. They have a bonus in the bank account. So there's no pain. They were given and they were laughing. But that woman came sad. That was the only thing. Maybe she had children. Maybe she didn't have. That was the only thing she had. She came to drop it. Where should we eat the next food? She's not aware. Listen, if you've never been through this route, you've never given. Where you, I'm not saying you should go empty your bank account. I'm not asking anybody to give. I'm not asking for seed right now. But even if maybe God could speak to you and all of that. But listen, grow in giving. Grow in giving. I've had people sometimes, God said, tell them. And God said, tell them to give. I said, God said you should give. He said, what can you give? I hear them say 200 cities. I say, sacrifice 200 cities. I would just say, okay, no problem. I won't say anything. Me. I won't. I won't. 